unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my Tonight, please. Any more kids want to come on up? We're missing a few tonight because of spring break, but come on up if you're sitting back there. We'd love for you to come on down. Before we get started, if you're here tonight, and we're not able to partake of the Lord's Supper this morning. Uh, if you want to go ahead and make your way to the uh, little chapel, you'll be served at this time. So I remembered, so that's good. So uh, please do that at this time. All right, books of the Bible, ready? Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 First Kings, First Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, You are. 
Let's do it through twice and maybe a little bit quicker the second time. I am crucified with Christ and the last time. Good. Death of Jesus. 
what we're doing. The Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19. Yes. Birth of Jesus. Matthew. No. Luke 2. Luke 2. The birth of the church. Acts 2. Acts 2. Okay. Sunday worship and preaching. Acts 20 and 3. You're not supposed to laugh at church either. All right. Withdrawal of fellowship. 1 Timothy 3. No. no. Five. Five. Okay. Lord's Supper. First Corinthians 11. Eleven. Love. First Corinthians 13. Contribution. Sixteen. All right. We'll stop right there. Got all the way. You got all the way down. You do. You got it. Though, okay. You're just as good as mine. That's great. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. All right. Uh, let's sing about what was made on each day of creation, alright? Day one, day one, God made love when there was sun. Day one, day one, God made love when there was sun. Day two, day two, God made clouds and sky so blue. visiting with us. We especially want you to know how happy we are that you're here. I know it's spring break and a lot of people may be traveling. We want to wish all those that are traveling a safe trip and uh, I just hope that everybody will have a, a good spring break. Just a couple of reminders. The Golden Circle Luncheon is on Tuesday at 1130 
And uh, if you notice the bulletin, uh, the wrong date was in there. That's my fault. The uh, youth devotional, the monthly youth devotional, is scheduled for the 26th of March and not the 19th. So please keep that in mind. And please keep in mind the uh, Boonville Middle School uh, food drive. If you can bring some items to put it in that box. And also Thursday is our food pantry and our clothes closet here at Boonville. Uh, that's all the announcements that I have. Let's be dismissed in prayer, and then we'll have a verse of a song for our teachers to go to class. Will you bow with me? Our merciful and kind Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to you for all you do for us. We're so thankful for each person who's here tonight. We pray that you'll bless the study of your word, that it'll fall on good and honest hearts, that we'll listen attentively. We again pray for so many that we know that are sick, and those that are dealing with various kinds of discouragement, we also again ask you to please be with those who are grieving over the loss of loved ones. Please watch over us, Father, and bless us in all that we do. In Christ's name, amen. All right, I'm going to turn to the first song here. Let me see here. For our teachers to go to class, let's just sing... Uh, there's a fountain for you, the first verse of 909. Okay.
When you need it and you want to do it, and it doesn't work immediately, I, I just, it's like a flop sweat. All of a sudden, what in the world? What's wrong with this thing? I guess we're conditioned that way. You know, when these computers first came out, I don't know how many of them I just want to throw out the window. It's just aggravating. They don't work like you want them to. Which is a perfect segue into what's about to Oh, here we go. Okay. Uh, we've added a few names, and thank you for sharing your concerns about people. And I do my very best to pray with you about them. Some of these have been on here a while. Irene Baker is one of them. She has terminal cancer. Austin Wentz, he's undergoing a long series of chemo treatments. Now, Wilda said, take her off the list. You notice she's not on the list there. She went back to her doctor. Doctor said, that's about how it's going to be, at least for now. So she's like, just moving on. So there you have it, straight from her. And we, we hope whatever deficit she's experiencing right now will turn out okay, despite what the doctor said. Don and Brenda Dawson are not well. Wade Davis is still missing since June 22nd. Carolyn Wilcutt's recovering. Bobby Petty has cancer. Doug Smith's dad, Kelby, has Parkinson's. Cody McGee's recovering from his foot surgery. Hope he can go back to work soon. You know, Chopper's been complaining so much with this pain in his leg that Brenda said, well, I'm going to beat that and get shingles. So bless her heart, she has shingles and also has experienced, that is a house of pain over there. But we are sympathetic um, and just hope that some of this can get resolved real soon. Larry Kennedy has cancer. Danny Romdahl has kidney failure. Van Roberts has pancreatic cancer. Paul Rollison has brain cancer. Joe, you have a lot of friends that are sick. Uh, Lex Crossan, health issues. Norma Hemwell has health problems. Marty Woodruff has cancer, and his wife Donna has breast cancer. Eli Johnson's undergoing treatments for cancer. Ethan Kendrick's friend Justin has throat cancer. James Goddard has cancer. Micah McBrayer is battling leukemia. John Roten is not well, but Peggy's doing better. We're thankful for that. Uh, Jackie Lambert had some scan results, concluded she has B-cell lymphoma. It's dormant right now, so they don't prescribe any treatment, but she's going to be on like a three-month examination. And Langford is a friend of Lisa's. She has pain in her legs due to arthritis. Emma Hutton has cancer. Paula Nichols has cancer. Sharon Strickland has cancer. Grayson Miller has cancer. Jackie Perigo has back problems. Scotty Ennis, who is Laura Smith, Laurie Smith's cousin, has leukemia. By the way, Ben had back trouble, but he's like he's good. He's working his yard now, so he's just going to will himself to be fine. That's how you get to 90, isn't it? There you go. There you go. Uh, Tory Cobb was here. He might be here tonight, uh, but remember, okay, but upstairs, all right. Uh, but remember him as he's recovering from his accident. Lisa Allen's brother-in-law, Paul Goldman, has lymphoma in his hip. He's begun some treatments at Tupelo Hospital. The spots that they detected on his lungs were not cancer. We're glad for that. 
Pet Moore has breast cancer. I got two little grandbabies that are getting tubes in their ears. Uh, one, Ellie's getting hers March 20th, and Avery's getting hers April 18th. So, Lord willing, we'll just go love on her tomorrow, okay? We're going to uh, take a little trip to Charleston. Teresa Burcham has pancreatic cancer. Okay, Laura Galloway's pregnant. She's not here tonight, I don't think, but remember her. And yay, Lauren Brumley's also pregnant. So we've got, we got a couple to pray for. I hope everything goes well. You want to have children? Go adopt somebody. And then that will help probably. It's strange how many people have told me that actually did happen. Continues happening. Emsley Murphy has a tumor on the brain. Uh, Denise Martin's mother is recovering at home. Barbara Beard has back problems. Uh, Linda, she, she's here tonight. She's going to be undergoing some treatment. Have you started your treatments? Okay. All right. Uh, Merle Crow's doing good. If you want to see a scar, he'll show it to you. Uh, Jimmy Gross has double pneumonia. That's Bo's dad. Uh, how's Pat Gray? Better. Okay. She's been, she's had lots of issues of late. Right now, pneumonia. Remember Dee Worley, who's been sick? She had uh, bronchitis, then the flu, and uh, on and on. Leslie Long has some pregnancy complications. Barbara Foster has breast cancer. Uh, Lucy Burns, new baby, had heart surgery. Mike Vance has cancer. Sue Mason's brother, Crick Ross, has battled bronchitis for the last three months. He is on another uh, regimen of medication and is, seems to be responding. Lynn Barragona is still at North Mississippi Medical Center in Tupelo. She's in room 3315. If you go visit, you have to dress up. Uh, but uh, hopefully, we hope she can maybe get home perhaps the middle of the week or so. Caitlin Chun um, is having some problems with a gallbladder, and I don't think it's been determined yet if they're going to take it, but odds are Tuesday. Okay. Luke Stovall, that little baby we were talking about, had to have surgery for the heart. Surgery was successful and has gone home, so we're glad for that. And uh, JT and I went and did some door knocking uh, the other day, and we met a lady, Therese Rowan. She's going to be having cancer surgery this week. We had a prayer with her in her doorway, but I thought we'd pray for her tonight too. Okay, do you have anyone you... He's having that, those gallbladder issues. All right. Cancer's granddaddy um, has bladder cancer. His name's Jimmy Wigington. He had surgery last week. Um, they don't know how extensive it is. He goes to Dr. Friday. He had surgery. He had surgery, um, and they said 
they couldn't get it all, but I think he's, he's going to have to do chemo of some kind, but they just don't know all the details. Okay. Okay, anybody else? Well, to remember, quit one on his birthday. He can look good today. Okay. Maybe he just, you know, powdered up for the event or something. Uh, but yeah, wasn't it good to see Quitman? He looked better than he had in a long time. Well, to see him up, he was on his feet a lot today. So I don't, you know, I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm glad that, that he is doing, doing better or that he, he could be here and we could see him. Well, okay. That's right. Now, she didn't want to steal uh, Quitman's thunder, but it's Charlotte's birthday today, too. So, if you want to tell her happy birthday. All right, let's have our prayer, and then we'll begin our study. And thank you so much for being here tonight. Our Father, thank you for a great day today. Thank you for our time of worship this morning. And... A good afternoon, maybe, of rest, and now time that we can study your word and be better informed about leadership, especially as we think about leaders for this congregation. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us in our examination of your word. We'll come to the very conclusions that you designed for us. We pray, Lord, for these people who are sick some of which are members here or certainly they're friends of ours or family and we're just praying, Lord, for their deliverance. Pray for Irene Baker and we pray that she'll have good days with her family. Bless Austin Wentz as he's undergoing treatments. We're, we're praying also for Wilda and uh, we just pray that whatever progress can be made with her eye, that it will and that again, that she'll just have good sight again. Please be with the Dawsons and bless them with good health. We pray for the Davis family and especially for Sue and Wade's missing for so long. Bless Carolyn Wilcutt. We pray for Bobby Petty, who has cancer. Please be with Kelby Smith, that he'll have good days and not be susceptible to illnesses that come along. Please be with Cody McGee as he recovers from his foot surgery and we pray he can get back to work soon. We ask your blessings continually on Chopper that he can find relief from his pain. We pray as Dr. We'll get to the bottom of it. And we also pray for Brenda, who's suffering from shingles. We pray she'll find relief. Be with Larry Kennedy, who has cancer. Danny Rumdahl has kidney failure. Pray for Van Roberts and Paul Rollison, who have cancer. Bless Lex Crossan, who's not well, and Norma, who's also not well. We pray for Marty Woodruff, who has cancer, and for his wife, Donna, who's recently been diagnosed with cancer. Bless Eli Johnson as he undergoes treatments. We pray for Ethan's friend, Justin, as he has throat cancer. We pray for James Goddard, Micah McBrayer, who have cancer. 
Bless John Roten that he'll have good days. We pray for Jackie Lambert that while this cancer is dormant right now, we, we pray it'll stay that way. Pray for Ann Langford. She'll find relief from her pain. Bless Emma Hutton, Paul Nichols, Sharon Strickland, Grayson Miller, who all have cancer. Bless Jackie Perigo, who has back problems. For Scotty Ennis, Laurie's cousin, who has cancer. We pray, Lord, for Tori as he's recovering from his accident. And we pray that he'll have a full recovery. Be with Paul Goldman as he receives treatment for his cancer. We pray for Pat Moore, who has breast cancer. We pray for Ellie and Avery, who are about to have tubes in their ears. Be with Teresa Burcham, who has cancer. Uh, we pray for Laura Galloway and for Lauren Brumley, who are both pregnant. We pray that they will be safe and their babies will be safe. Be with Loxley Eaton, who's so very young that had the tumor removed. Be with Emsley Murphy, who has a tumor. Be with Denise Martin's mother as she recovers. Bless Barbara Beard as she recovers from pain uh, in her back. We pray for Linda Garrett that as she sees the doctor tomorrow, that whatever treatments are prescribed will be effective in completely ridding her body of any trace of cancer. We're thankful that Ben Roberts is back with us, and we pray that uh, his back will feel better. Be with Merle as he's recovering. We're thankful that he's doing better. Be with uh, Jimmy Gross and his family in his recovery, if it's your will. Please be with Pat Gray, that she'll have a full recovery, and D, that she'll be back to work soon. Pray for Leslie Long, who has some pregnancy complications, for Barbara Foster, who has breast cancer. Lucy Burns, who had heart surgery, for Mike Vance, who has cancer. Pray for Crick Ross, that the treatments he's getting now are going to help his body to heal. He can be free of these lung problems. Be with Lynn Baragona, that she'll also have a full recovery. We're just, we are sympathetic with the complications that she has endured. Pray for Caitlin as she see the doctor on Tuesday. We pray that her treatment will remedy her health problems. Be with Luke Stovall that he'll have a full recovery since he's had heart surgery. We ask your blessings on Cherise Rowan who's going to be having cancer surgery this week. We pray that she'll have a full recovery and that maybe we can have a Bible study with her. Pray for Bobby Brazel who has some gallbladder problems. Uh, be with Jimmy Wigington Drew's grandfather, as he's had surgery for bladder cancer, and we pray the follow-up treatments will be effective and rid his body of this problem. And uh, we're, it was so great to see Quintman today back here. He seemed to have a good time, and you know, we just we pray his health will increase and he'll be free from falls. And uh, if it's your will, our hope would be he could get back here. We'll just watch what you do about that. Lord, we pray that you'll be with us tonight as we're studying these matters concerning our leadership. Help us, help us to know with confidence what your scripture teaches and then to use good judgment on those things that fall within the realm of opinion 
Thank you for the blessing of all that and for the good way that you watch out for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, so last time, you know, I honestly did not know that elders and their children was such a hot topic. But when I left here last Sunday night, someone asked me about the number of children that are required in this text. And then, don't you know, through the week, four different people asked me a question about that. So here's what I thought I'd do. I'd just observe the Passover and move right on. And No, I don't want to do that. But, but here's what I do want to do. Uh, everybody point at me. Take a finger. Point like that. Point it. Repeat after me. Ken Forrest is not a lawgiver. Okay, peace. Uh, if you ever taught Bible with me very much, some of you do, there may come a point at which I do what I do with most of you a lot of times in sermons, peace, you know. Uh, there may be something that I share with you that I believe is true, and you may not. If it falls within the realm of doctrine, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to inform you, because <laughs> I, I believe I, I know what it says. If it falls within the realm of opinion, then I'll probably share with you what I think it is. After all, it's my opinion, and I hold all the right opinions. And then, that's not really funny, actually. Now, I said it to be funny, but it's not really. Every opinion you hold, you believe is the right one, right? How many of us hold opinions we think are wrong? None of us. So we have our opinions about things. And here's what I do. I, I respect you. So if, if we're in a discussion and you just blurt out what it is that you believe and you seem pretty adamant about it, you know what I do? Peace. I may not do that, but in my heart I say, peace. You know what? I am not picking a bone with you to fight. I, I have no interest in that. If it is incidental, honestly... I can let my opinion go. I, I don't have to dominate you with what I think is right. Now, I hope you feel the same way. If you found out what I thought, you would just, you know, extend grace and we'd be good. Some of these things, I, I realize, uh, you know, we can disagree about stuff. And if, if you get hot about it, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to. I mean, I've just... That is not my nature. I'm not going to get bent out of shape about anything. And I, I perfectly believe that if you want to hold a wrong opinion, you have every right to do so. <laughs> That's pretty condescending, right? I'm just trying to be funny. Okay, so there's this question about how many children is required in this text. After all, it would seem like a slam dunk. Children is a plural word. You say, well, Ken, look, look in the Greek, see if it's plural. Yes, it is. There's no, no question about that. But here's something that I want us to understand. I want to say the principle to start with, just go ahead and lay it out there, and then we're going to look in the scriptures at how that fleshes itself out. Okay, here's what I want you, here's what I want you to know. That Oops, plural. Well, 
Well, then is now talking about technical issues. Okay, here we go. Okay. The plural sometimes includes the singular. And I'm also going to show you that vice versa also occurs. In fact, it actually occurs right here in this very same verse, Titus chapter 1, verse 6. Okay, can what, what do you mean that a word can be plural but also include singular? Okay, our reader, we're going to look at three passages. One is Matthew chapter 19 and verse 29. The other is Matthew chapter 22 and verse 24. And then the final one is Ephesians chapter 6 and verse one. Let me see if this will work. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 29. Okay, if you'll read that for us. Matthew 19 verse 29. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Okay, here's what I want you to notice about that. He is asking you to forsake some things. Yes? If you want eternal life, you may have to forsake some things. Lord, what are some things I might have to forsake? Well, you might have to forsake houses. Is it possible you could have more than one house? Not your head, this, this is not a trick question. Yeah, you could. And would you forsake those for the Lord? Nod your head this way. Yeah, I would. Um, what about brothers? Is it possible you have more than one brother? You do have multiple, multiple brothers. You could have one brother, but you also could have more than one. Yes. Uh, what about sisters? Typically you have more than, you could have one, you could have many. Yes. Yes. Uh, typically, generally speaking, you have one father and you have one mother, and so if it came down to it for the Lord, you would forsake them. Um, one wife. Uh, what about children? You can have one or many children, yes? Okay, question. Is he only, in every plural case, is he only talking about multiples? For instance, if you only have one brother or one sister, better not ever forsake them. Does that, if you have only one child as opposed to children, you should never forsake that one child although you would forsake your father or your mother. Again, not a trick question. The point would be, wait a minute, Ken, of course. I would forsake any number of people. You don't exclude the singular application of all of those plural uh, descriptions. Yes, the singular is included in all of those plurals. For instance, even though he mentions brothers, if I have only one brother, that would apply, yes? Uh, he mentioned sisters, but if I only have one sister, sisters would cover simple one sister, yes? Same is true with the children, yes? That would be one or many. That's a plural word right there, but it includes within it the singular. 
Okay, the second text we're looking at is also in the book of Matthew. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Matthew chapter 22 and verse 24. This one's a little, maybe a little clearer. I don't know. Saying, Master, Moses said, if, if a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Okay, and on and on he goes. Until such time as there was a child born for this woman in order to maintain the first father's inheritance, until a child is born, that woman was going to be passed from one brother to the next. Okay, question. How many, quote unquote, children would be required in order for that process to stop? Just one, but he didn't say one child. He said children. So it must be more than one, right? The answer is, the answer is no. The answer is no. Um, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Okay. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. So if... I'm a father or a mother, parents, if I'm a father or a mother, and I have children, they are to obey me. But if you were like Carl and Ruth Staley, they had only one daughter, her name was Anita. So Anita didn't have to obey her parents because she's just one child. Children always, since it's plural in this text, and as it turns out, <laughs> No, no, she was very obedient as far as I know. Uh, so in that case, the word children, that is plural, also includes what? The singular. Does that make sense? Okay, so we go to the park over here. There's one child running around in the park. I ask you, I say, how many children are in the park today? You say none. Would you be telling the truth? No, you would say what? There's one. How many children? Because children, plural, also includes the singular. What's well, kind of interesting, and, and we'll go back to uh, Titus. First uh, Timothy 3 does the same thing, but Titus chapter 1, oops, and verse 6, where we are. We're talking about having faithful children. We're wondering how many does that mean? Would you back up just one phrase there? Before he talked about the children, he said, the husband of one wife. Why didn't he just say, the husband of a wife? Uh, okay, here's going to be the reverse situation. I'm just going to pick on Doug here. If Doug had two wives, he doesn't, right? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Okay, she's the first wife. So... So if Doug had two wives and I said, Doug, do you have a wife? How could he answer? Yeah, I have a wife. Of course, actually I have two, but I have a wife. He didn't say that this elder, this bishop is to have a wife because that would lead to what? That's a misunderstanding because the singular can always be plural. What you do is, you specify. 
as in the case of the wife, he didn't just say he's the man of a wife. He specifically says he is the husband of one wife. Is there any misunderstanding about how many wives are expected here? It's just one. Okay, so how could he have said it otherwise in this text? Well, you probably don't know this, but I'm going to share this with you. When, when translations are done, when you're going from one language to another, a lot of times you'll have equivalent words and it's easy to translate. Sometimes it's not so easy. And what you have to do is use what is called a gloss. A gloss is a, an accumulation of words that could be used in the place of the word that they chose to use. They chose to use the word children. And every time in the scriptures you find the word children, it came from the root Greek word technon, okay? But that word can also be translated by some other words. For instance, it could be son, or daughter, depending on the sex. Uh, and, and many Greek words will have a gender associated with it. Child, singular. Um, descendant. And offspring. Now the question would be, why did they choose children right here as opposed to one of these other words. And the reason is specificity. When it came to the wife, he wanted everybody to know for sure that what he meant was one wife. Now, how would you have indicated in this text if you meant multiple children? You could have said, well, he has to have at least two children. That would have been specificity. Or he, he only meant for the guy to have at least one child. He would have said one child. What's the problem with writing in this text? He's to be the husband of one wife and he is to be the father of one child. What would you have then concluded? He has to have one and only one. If you had said chil children, however and children as a plural also includes the singular, then what does that do? Does that not clear up the whole thing? Again, there is specificity and then there is generality. That happens in the English language and that happened in the Greek language as well as you saw in those passages. So the question would be, how many children? Is zero children okay? Doctrinally, is, is zero children okay? No, it is not. Why, why do you say that? Because the text says that there are children. Okay, well, how many children then? Is one enough? Actually, within the plural word, it can include the singular. So yes. Well, what about two? Would two be okay? Yes. How about three? How about ten? I'm going to stop at ten. Okay, now here's an argument that some people make. And this is, what you and I have just done is talked about the doctrinal matter. The doctrine of this text is 
there are to be children born to this man. What we found otherwise is that they had to be faithful. We determined that means a Christian. They have to be in the home that he can oversee to demonstrate his ability to rule over them. As uh, we use several terms like he superintends, he governs, he presides. All of that has to be in place. But how many of them? Well, some will argue, you know, yeah, one, but listen, if you have two in the home, you can see how he manages personalities. You know what I say to that? Peace. You're right. That's true. What about three? Wouldn't handling three children actually be better than two? So maybe we should lean toward three. Or what about 10? <laughs> Honestly, if you could run 10 children through your home by your oversight, every single one of them obey the gospel and they leave out into the world Christians and faithful, wouldn't we say that is a gold level? Stamp them and he's an elder. Well, for one thing, that isn't the only requirement. And the second thing is we could go to infinity it would actually be better, I mean, as far as that argument goes, to have a hundred children, yeah? How many people are going to qualify to be elders if we make it a hundred? So the number that you associate with this is not a doctrinal matter. The number you associate with it is an opinion. Now, when you say that someone who is able to look over three children with varying personalities, we had three yeah, absolutely. If he can encourage them in their obedience to the gospel, he oversees that. Hey, I, I'm with you. Peace. I think that's great. However, doctrinally, the text does not go that far. Now, I've been or heard of places. I've never been in a place where this was a problem. But I've heard of places where someone was very adamant that there must be at least two children and you know what? Here's me. This, I think this came up when we talked about the one wife issue as well. And, and I'll just tell you, if I were in a congregation where the majority of people believe that you have to have a plurality of children, you know what I would say? Peace? Okay. Okay. And if I only had one child, I'd go out and adopt me somebody. No, no, no. I would just be at peace with that. Do I have to serve as an elder to be a, a Christian? No, I do not. But if I go in there and I say, now, brethren, you are all wrong. And here's this and this and this. And I just, that is sinful for you to, whoa, we just broke about three or four other qualifications that you probably had before you got bent out of shape about it. So let's ask the text, what do you mean Let's take it that far. And then sometimes from there, you know, we have to use common sense. Uh, would it be better for us as a congregation to have leaders that have multiple children? If you say yes, if, that, if that's the general consensus, peace, okay, that's fine. But I will say this. If you have a faithful man who is otherwise qualified and the only thing that you are holding over his head is that somehow or other you believe that he doesn't have enough children, then I don't know what to tell you because that is not what this text is requiring of us. Is it probably a good idea? I don't know, probably. But it's not a doctrinal requirement so far as I can tell.
Now, not only how many children, but okay, I broached this in, when we talked about it in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, because that's the longer text, right? One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man doesn't know how to rule his own children, how will he take care of the church of God? Okay? And then here in our text, he says that it's to be faithful children, not accused of dissipation, which is excess, or insubordination, which is rebellion. Now, you can look at a, a man who has his children at home. I don't know. This sounds like teenagers to me, <laughs> you know, excess and insubordination. But they've obeyed the gospel, and yet they've remained faithful all the way. I don't know. He's got three or four kids, and every single one of them is number one. We can, we can pretty well tell the kind of guy that he is. But let's say that we have somebody move in here. He's, I don't know, he and his wife, they're members here for five or six years. We get to know him pretty well. Seems like he's qualified in every way. We don't, we don't really know, though, about the answer to this question. What, what, what is he like in his home? Never seen the results of that. We start asking him about his kids, and he starts sharing things with us. Okay, what we find out is that he has 10 kids. I'm going to do that because the math is easier. He has 10 kids. What if, now we don't know this guy other than our association with him. He seems like a pretty good guy. He's got 10 kids. So we look at these adult kids who are no longer, by the way, under his household. He doesn't rule over them anymore. However, they've gone out into the world, every single one of them. Let's just say, I don't know, just for the sake of my little story, every last one of them was a boy. And every last one of them either became a gospel preacher or an elder in sound churches. When you look at that, what does that tell you probably about how he was in the home? I mean, I'm just going to use a little common sense here and say if they all, if they all turned out to be elders and preachers in the church, man, wow. Hey, he seems qualified to me. However, what if he had 10? I'm just going to put him a check, that guy. We, we, he's a shoe-in. We're going to put him on the fast ballot. What if we have 10, though, and those 10 children, yeah, they were great in the home. They were all part of lads to leaders. Every last one of those kids obeyed the gospel. But when they left the home, all 10 of them fell away. I mean, they, they have all gone off to denominational churches or don't have anything to do with the church at all. And they are just a continual problem for these folks. Uh, what does that kind of tell us about the home life and what happened? Yeah or no? Y'all scared? I'm thinking, uh, uh. It, it, might, it might be that... You know, he was so filled with so much pressure in the home, those kids had no choice but to obey the gospel, quote unquote. And then, boy, when they got free, they just let go. Okay? You want to... what, what would you do if that same elder was an elder before his children left home and all of them left home and, uh, and uh, they were rascals? Would, would that disqualify him? 
Oh, now, now that's a that's a good thing. Um, but but what we what we want to do is what we're going to do with the next one. We're going to examine the situation. What's what's ha- you know what's happened? Why is it that this has occurred? So yeah, it may be that he had been. They was considered to be qualified simply because of what we saw those kids. Turns out, maybe they weren't what we thought they were to begin with. I mean, it could be that. We're going to have to look into it. The, the next one is not all or nothing. What happens if out of these ten kids, six of them are really good, and four of them have problems, left the church, drug addiction, They're alcoholics. They don't care a thing about the church. What do you do about that? You just have to pray that they'll come back. Well, 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 well. First of all, these kids already made it through the home setting. Now they're out. We're looking. Six out of four. They were all raised in the same home, yes? Six out of four. Six of them are great. Six of them seem to have been positively influenced. What what we would assume without even going into it is there must be something else going on here. Yes? Maybe it was the influence of a spouse. Maybe it was they became, you know, maybe the influence at work. They started drinking or taking drugs or something like that. Something maybe led them astray. First of all, they're no longer under his oversight. What we're looking at is clues to make a determination about what effect he had on the home. In my view, if he had six of them faithful and four of them fell away, it seems to me that for the most part, he was effective in leading them positively for the Lord. Yes? That's my opinion. And that's the point I want to make right now. The doctrine is what? In the home, how did he rule? That's it. That's the doctrine. Where does the opinion fall in? Well, what if he's a guy that doesn't have that or we can't see that or test that right now? Then we have to make some determinations, yes? We have to ask ourselves, okay, given that what we know about the home life maybe was very positive, Now we can examine, since we don't really know him, we can examine kind of what has been the the after effect of that and maybe make some determinations. What I would say about this is the question about can we look at adult children and tell if he's qualified? The answer is maybe. Maybe we can. Yes, sir? I would also want to know what he's doing to try to get them back. Okay, and that's, that's another thing, right? you got six kids that are faithful. You've got four that are not. That's not a knock against him necessarily, except that what's he doing in terms of recouping them? What's going to be a major work of an elder in the church? Influencing people that have lost their faith. Okay, bring, right? Isn't he a shepherd? The shepherds do what besides feed? They go after the sheep that have gone astray and try to bring them back. So even though there might be these difficulties following their getting free from his oversight, 
still, you know, you can look at the life experience that's going on and, and you can make some determinations. Is that perfect? The answer is no. And I'll be honest with you, if that were my circumstance, I'm not sure that I would put my name out there to be an elder. I'm not, you know, I'm, again, I don't have to be an elder to serve faithfully. In fact, in a lot of, I've known a lot of cases where a guy would say, you know, I'm dealing with this. I'm not putting my name out there. Number one, I don't want everybody knowing I'm dealing with it. And I don't want it to become an obstacle to my own faith. Um, yes. Okay. Here's what, a, what makes faithful? Here, okay. Very know, good. Them attending church or are they active in church? What church do they go to? Do they very go good. To a very liberal church or? Okay. We say ten are faithful. Well, what if we say ten are faithful because they're attending church somewhere? Maybe all ten of them attend ten different churches in various cities. I'm just going to tell you these days. It is, very, <laughs> it is very hard to be consistent in finding quote-unquote faithful congregations. So what if out of ten, you got eight of them, boy, they're just, they're a part of stellar church, and you got a couple of them that you're just scratching your head like, I don't know. Again, maybe they're striving for faithfulness, and they're having struggles in their faith. Yes, it could be. We don't just restrict and cut a guy off simply because of that. However, however, again, uh, shepherding, observe how we're dealing with these issues. Now, fortunate for us, typically, you don't have a guy that's wanting to be an elder, has got 10 kids. Maybe it's two. Maybe one is faithful and the other has gone astray. One's a problem. Maybe they were great at home and now they've gone away. Why has that happened? And I, I think that's uh, great advice. What, what is being done to bring that person back? I mean, sometimes people come back kicking and screaming, yes? Some things are well beyond our ability to control. Um, is our time up? Boy, it flies, don't it? Um, thank you for the questions that you asked. And listen, this is your, this is your class. And I don't, I don't like to just chase rabbits. I don't. I want to get to what the text says and move on with it. But if you have a legitimate question that you'd like us to address, I'm more than happy to look into it. And in most cases, we will probably have shared what the doctrinal matter is. Almost always, a lot of what happens falls within the matter of opinion. Let's don't be too hard on one another, right? Let's extend grace toward one another. But Almost always, if we would just stick to what the scripture teaches and not complicate it, we'll have that. All right, let's pray together and then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for this time that we can be together and study these things. And thank you for the, the input. And Lord, we don't know everything. And even when we're looking for our leaders, we do the very best we can choose men that we think you would accept. And Lord, I pray for those who are prospective leaders in this church, that, you know, they, they would do those examinations themselves. They would know whether or not they are qualified to serve and wouldn't put us through uh, undue trauma 
trying to ascertain whether or not they're qualified. Just help us, Lord, all to be sincere in this process and to examine ourselves to see if we are in the faith and worthy of these kinds of callings. Uh, please keep us safe while we're on the road tonight. And if you will, give us a great day tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.